And so the newspapers started to deal and find out what the word meant. Well, it meant just crazy, berserk, just doing out-of-the-way things. Well, on this occasion, the out-of-the-way thing was a 26-year-old jogger, a young lady who just settled in our city maybe two years ago and beat her almost to death. She's not dead. We pray for her. We pray for her survival. We pray for her health. We pray that God work a miracle. The most beautiful thing that happened this week to her was when her mother sat by her side. Uh, they were monitoring all the machines that are on her, and, and the, the, the pressure went up, and the temperature went up, and everything went up because she could react to her mother's voice and the sound and the presence of her mother. I'm not here to glorify crazy kids. And I'm not here to make uh, headlines like they made it this week. But I'm here to tell you that this week, we, this month, we've separated and we've called it Children's Month. And the scripture I share with you today is the scripture we read when this service opened. Teach a child to choose the right way. And when he's older, he'll remain upon it. What's happening? What is happening? What is happening? You've been children. I was a child. I know what it is to do crazy things. I know what it is to steal quarters out of my mother's pocketbook. Okay. I knew what it was to empty out the pockets of anybody who came to visit my house. Yeah, they put the coats on the beds. You know how that is. I'm sorry, Joseph Henry. I, he doesn't like me to tell these secrets. But you're this high. You come from poverty. It's like a sport. Another one of the big funds were ringing doorbells. Anybody here ever went ringing doorbells as a child? Okay, good for you. Thank you. I'd love to ring doorbells. Another thing we'd like to do is since none of the buildings or the apartments in the South Bronx had elevators, the very first building with elevator was on 138th Street. We'd sneak in and ride the elevators. Can you imagine six stories up and down and up and down? And sometimes people would come out and look at these little kids at home. Or we look like we're going to Auntie's house. No, we were just riding elevators. When the first escalators came in, the first ones, hey, long time ago, and they were wood and they were thick, you know, wooden, well, we went up and down, up and down until some god would hunt and say, get out of here, kids, okay. That's about the sum total of it. A pencil from the teacher's desk, some extra paper. Did you ever take it, instead of one sheet she told you to take, you took a... And you went home and you had paper. Isn't that marvelous? You had paper. What else can I tell you? And I bring this out almost, almost as, a, as a comedy to show you what it was then. Oh, there's a few other things I did. We used to steal bushels. You would never know anything about that. Let me explain it to you. From 138th Street to 134th Street, that was before the highway was built. Okay? That's the, the connection between uh, the Major Deegan and the Bruckner. Okay, before that was built, there were tiny little houses there. But before that was built, that was the locale for the push carts to set up in the morning. 
all the little stores up those blocks were filled with people that sold onions and potatoes and peaches and apples, and they were open for business at about 3.30, between 3.30 and 4. And then the men with the push carts would come and set up their push carts, okay? Now, when they were setting up their push carts, they put down the bushels for a small peach bushel, two cents, for a bigger peach bushel, five cents, for an apple box, you could get 10 cents. So you had your eyes open for apple boxes, but you almost tripped trying to run away with them. Okay? I tell you all of this to simply tell you that I can't think of anything worse, okay? Oh, there were a few things that weren't nice that happened that I didn't participate in in the neighborhood. Stupid things kids do. But what I want to say to you today and I'm not trying to scare you, and I'm not trying to frighten you, and I'm not trying to be the crazy preacher. But I'm going to tell you something. Because we have lost a sense of morality, and the basic sense of morality comes from God. I want you to know that. Basic sense of morality, the basic sense of justice comes from God. Man didn't make justice. A man, a man isn't innately just. Uh, just. He's not. Matter of fact, because of sin, we're innately uh, sinful. Uh, we, we can easily do the wrong things. Uh, it, it comes out uh, smooth. We don't have to think about it. Well, just think of your children. When did you sit down and teach them to lie? You never did. But isn't it funny how they learned and became experts? Isn't it the truth? Why? Because it's innate. Here we are. This is, this is what's within us. I have to tell you that I feel not only have we left morality, which has its seed and seat and root in God, we've also left the truth of the Bible. And I don't care if we're teaching the law, Ten Commandments, Psalms or Proverbs. I don't care what we're teaching or the New Testament. I'm talking about the Word of God, the Bible. We've left that. We've left that. It's like old-fashioned. It's not necessary. It's interesting. We took the Bible out of the schools. Now we need policemen in the schools. We took prayer out of the schools. Yes, we did. We took prayer out of the schools. Uh, and now our teachers get raped in schoolrooms. And horrendous things happen. So as we go backwards... And we're minus the morality, and we're minus the sense of justice and right, and we're minus all of this. You have to say one thing. Man is getting farther and farther away from God. And the farther away you get from God, the sadder your life will be. Because you see, life was only meant for one thing, to know God. Life was only meant to be able to have communion and a relationship with him. Life was meant for only one thing, to move into a transformation until man would be like his God, would feel like his God, would live like his God. You say, now wait, wait a minute, that's a tall order. Of course it's a tall order. But the one in charge of the tall order is God. We are just in charge of choice. That's all. All we have to say is, God, I want to be like you. God, I'd like to do the things that you do. You say, well, well that, that, that doesn't sound right to me. Well, maybe if I use another word, it might sound right to you. The basic sense of goodness. The best basic idea of goodness. 
Well, we've cast it all out. We're a smart, we're a cunning, we're a sharp society. Okay? So we've said to prayers and we've said to Bibles and we've said to goodness and we've said to laws and we've said, no, 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 everybody's on their own. It's a free for all. Let it go. And this is what we're, that's right, this is what we're reaping. This is what we're reaping. The Bible is never wrong, folks. I don't care how old it is, it's never wrong. It gives us 4,000 years of history. It gives us over 2,000 years of process. It gives us uh, 66 books and it gives us 40 authors that never communicated with one another, that never shared a volume with one another, that never checked out their manuscripts and says, does yours say what mine say or does mine say what yours say? Are we correlating? Never. And it seemed like they were almost in the four corners of the earth. It's all I know, realize it's the Mideast, but never, never to meet. Yet here we have a book that's unchangeable. A book that some people scorn and a book that some people can't be bothered with. Yet here is truth, embodied on paper and ink. Now watch out for paper and ink, because the scripture says that the, that the letter killeth. And that's what it means. Whatever's on paper and ink, it could kill you. But the spirit giveth life. Because it's not, it's not the Bible, it's not the leather covering, it's not the tissue paper, it's not the black lettering on it. It's what you derive from it and what turns into life and spirit as you receive it, as it becomes yours. That's why a Christian can't get out of his Bible. That's why a Christian is constantly reading his Bible. That's why someone that wants to connect with God has got to know what God says. And this is what God says, it's in his word. There's no way. Now the Bible tells us, train up a child, teach a child in the way he should go. Train up a child. God's interested in children. Some of God's greatest men we saw as children. I think of little David in the hills, in the Judean hills, learning so much. A little boy with just a stick, a few little marbles, a, a little slingshot. A little ruddy-faced boy that the sun had already turned his cheeks into red leather. A boy that would hear the sounds of the morning and later translated them into the greatest feelings and the deepest feelings you could ever know. As the deer panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my heart after thee, O God. Isn't that unbelievable? The little boy that learned to protect sheep, the little boy that learned to scoot away the lion and to even protect it against the bear. He learned that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Don't tell me children can't be taught. They can be taught. There's only one thing. We've got to accept the challenge of teaching them. We've got to accept that challenge. And that's why when we teach, when we teach here Sunday school, it's, 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 sometimes it, it, it becomes a heavy-duty task. Because it seems like we're fighting against the whole wide world. One hour against how many hours does the week have? But we're going to try. We're going to try to make that hour the miracle hour. And that's why every teacher has got to come in prepared and ready. Because it's not a waste of time. It's not an hour to see how quick it'll go. 
It's not a time for just cookies and milk. It's not a time for just saying, here, paint this or color that. It's a time of delivery. It's a time of sending justice and truth into the heart of kids. And it's got to be sent. So we've got to accept the challenge. That's what's missing in our society. That's what's missing. That's what's missing. I I thank God for parents who who are in control until they can be in control, okay? I see 12 and 13-year-olds that run their own show. Listen, my father used to stay home at 9 o'clock. I was 14 years old. I was listening to the Lux Radio Theater on the radio in my girlfriend's house. And the story was so good, but it ran from 9 to 10. Papa said 9.30. Right in the middle, I says, oh, I can't. He'll understand. And I stayed and enjoyed it till 10. And when I got home, my father was standing at the door. Que hora es, hija? I said, oh my God, I know he can tell time. (laughs) And yeah, I got spanked at the age of 14. I got one of the biggest whoppings I ever got in my life. And you know why I remember it real well? Because at 2 o'clock in the morning, my father came into my bedroom with some oil because he noticed he had marked my feet in the beating. And he came to cover my feet with oil so that I wouldn't get an infection from the strappings. And I made believe I was asleep. And he was just rubbing. I could hear him under his breath. My daughter, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And from then on, I realized that parenting is not an easy job. It's not an easy job. It's a tough job. It's a job for people that care. It's a job for people that have God in their heart. It's a job for people that, hey, and I've got news for you folks. We gotta get busy. I need something. Try a handkerchief. It's so important, so terribly important. And I say this and I'm not the purpose is not to shake you and to move you, but those days aren't here anymore. There's nobody worrying over our kids. Nobody knows who's hugging our daughters or who's squeezing them. Nobody knows who's got our little boys in some little hangout in some queer place. Like it doesn't count today. Like it's not important. You know what the Bible says? Train up a child in the way he should go. And that's why I say about my father, I thank God because he took control until he had control. You know, people give up. When you see 8, 9, 10, 11 year old kids giving orders, telling people what to do and how to do it. You know, I, you know me. I, I can go smack them down. I want to roll them over. Yeah, hear little 15 year olds, hey mama, only Jesus keeps me safe. But that's not their fault. It's our fault. It's our fault. Because God calls us to train a child in his way. 
I mean, it was so important for my mother to know where I was. She always used to say, donde? I used to say to myself, ma, I mean, who cares? No, donde? Because that answered a lot of questions to her. Where? In whose house? With who? Was the mother there? Oh, today our kids are so fancy free. They go and they come. Yahoo! Yahoo! But with Yahoo, they get pregnant. And with Yahoo, they get AIDS. And with Yahoo, they become sluts and good-for-nothings. With the Yahoo, they're free. What does freedom mean? It means that nobody cares. You know what freedom means? That no one's interested. That nobody's watching. That nobody's covering. That's what that means. The choir sings it so well. Train up a child. Don't worry about your kids. I was a prison chaplain for 10 years. And I heard many a woman tell me, I long for the day that my mother would say, don't go out, stay here. But she never did. She never did. I thought to myself, oh, God, have mercy. Never did. She says, and look where I've ended up. She says, now I want to care for my children. And I can't because look where I'm at. Train up a child in the way he should go. Now, what is this training involved? First of all, it involves something that's so terribly important, folks, and that's the time factor. Do you realize that the merry-go-round of life only goes around once? A merry-go-round goes around many times, but the merry-go-round of life only goes around once. Just once. Just once. Do you realize, mothers that are listening to me, and fathers, and aunts, and uncles, and teachers, and Sunday school uh, folks, do you realize that we won't get another chance? We won't get another chance. It's just once. That's why we have to make the best of that once. We've got to. And that's why I put in my notes to you this day was simply this. You may not train your own because maybe you don't have, but help train others. Help train others. God's going to give you the strength in your duties and in your work as somebody that's in charge or somebody that's working to train up a child. I tell you, parents, take time. And you say, well, Sister Amy, I, I don't know. We're going to check you out. Do that, please. My entire life has been ministry. My husband and I have known nothing but ministry. But I can tell you this from the bottom of my heart. My kids have missed nothing of the good of life. Nothing. They were in services. My kids have run a routine of three a day. Well, when you're an evangelist, that's the way it goes. When you're a pastor, that's the way it goes. My little girls would go with me to preach in Matawan. And you know what Matawan was when they went with me to preach? For the criminally insane. That when the girls would get up to sing, all the criminally insane would look at them and go, And they would sit there and stand there with all their beauty and sing their gospel songs. Until about three weeks later, little Joanne and Tamara says, Mom, we can't go back. 
I understood. I could hardly take it. Can you imagine teenagers? And they stayed, and Joe and I would take on the job alone. But that was okay. But they were always with us. Then I remember one time we went to preach. Not one time, I went many times, but place where children were retarded. Remember that place, Joanne? The girls got up to sing and all the retarded children sang with them. But can you imagine everybody singing everything that came out of their heads? So they're singing these beautiful songs. You see this whole crowd of kids going, and all of a sudden you thought, you know, you thought you were in, 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 in some... Then I looked at the girls, and they kept singing tall and strong with the tears flowing down their eyes. But let me tell you something. As rough as that was, I never missed an opportunity to take them to the park. I never missed an opportunity. You know, we couldn't go too many places because we had no money. You know where we used to go? We used to go to the airports, park the car, and watch the planes take off, and they loved it. And guess what? It was free. And that's great entertainment because you can watch people going in and out, people missing planes, people making planes, people running with suitcases, people that have no place to go and people that have a lot of places to go. And they would sit there and we'd buy maybe a, a, a Milky Way or something. They'd say, whoa, this is fun, mama. This is fun. Yahoo. It was great. So, folks, it's not a matter of being rich and it's not a matter of being poor. It's a matter of just being creative enough to know that they're your kids. And wherever you go, you take them with you. Whatever you're going to do, you do with them. You take time. And somebody says, well, I don't have time. Well, then I've got a message for you today. Make time. Make time. Because there comes a time when you've got to stand before yourself in the mirror. And then later on, you're going to stand before God. And it's a beautiful thing to stand there with no guilt. No guilt. No guilt. Folks, there's a time factor. And then you say, what do you teach them? Well, first of all, you teach them the truth. Teach them the real thing. Teach them about Jesus, about his love. I don't care how simple it is. I don't care how childish it sounds. You know, sometimes I hear people preach, and since I've been preaching for 46 years, there's a tendency to kind of check out how they say it and what they say and when they say it. And, you know, you, you kind of get your hermeneutics mixed up with your homiletics and you get your theology mixed up with all the other training in seminary. But there are times when I can feel the shake of the Holy Spirit and saying, forget what you've got upstairs. Listen to me. And all of a sudden I forget it all and I hear somebody say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Or a little screechy voice of somebody singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. You know, folks, I've got to tell you something. We don't have anything else to teach in the whole wide world. There is nothing and no one that will save them. There is no truth that will penetrate them like Jesus. There's no love that will cover them like Jesus. There is no sacrifice like Calvary that will protect them and help them to walk with him. There is nothing like Jesus. So when you get into Jesus, you're into the substance, you're into truth, you're into the vitality of what life is all about and what God meant our life to be about. Okay? Now the last way we train and teach. First we accept the challenge. Then we understand that there's a time factor. Then we move on and we know that we've got to have substance and that substance is Jesus. Thank God we don't have to preach ourselves, right? 
Yet there is a job to be done that has to do with us. Let me share that job. It's teaching by example. Now this doesn't mean that you have to be perfect, folks. It does not mean that. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. But it does mean the following. Life's experience goes on perfecting us. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? We're not made perfect, but we walk in the walk of perfection. I'm going to be better when this day is over than I was yesterday. I'm going to give you the guarantee. I'm going to be better. I'm going to be better by God's grace. I'm going to be better because I called on him. Because you see, children have got to see the example. If you put God aside for their trivia, you're in trouble. Can I name a few trivias for you? Doing what they want you to do instead of what you have to do. Celebrating their little celebrations instead of your responsibility as a Christian. You say to me, but shouldn't we? Isn't it right? No God goes first. I'm sorry. Can I tell you something? When a child knows that your responsibility and your Lord goes before anything else, you know what he's doing? He's drinking from your spirit. He may not like it. He may think he's totally outcast. She may think mama and papa think more of church than of me. You better believe it, little boy. Because it's not really church. It's our commitment to God through Jesus, our Savior. You understand what I mean? Don't make any pretty exceptions for them. Not when it means putting God aside and your child first. No child is worth God's place. Say amen. amen. Even if you don't believe it, say amen. It'll hit you. It's important. Because we live in a time when people adore their children. We live in a time when people worship their children. We live in a time when the future of the child is the most important thing in the world. And I'll go with you as far as I can. But if my child gets in the way of my service to the Lord, he's going to have to walk the service road with me. And when he gets old enough, he'll walk his own road. And you know what? He'll make it. Because example is the strongest. One of the strongest means. Train up a child in the way he should go. Sister Amy, what happens when we've done all the training, when we've done all the leading, when we've done all the communicating we can possibly communicate, and they still go wrong? They still don't follow the Lord. What is it? Well, I don't want you to have a guilt trip today. Don't you dare. Because all we're responsible is up to that age of responsibility. Can I tell you, some kids arrive there at 12. Others arrive there at 15. Society says they arrive between 18 and 21. I can introduce you to a couple of retards that are still arriving and they're past their 25. Okay, but that's all right. Uh, so long as they arrive. But this, this, is what, this is what the word of God tells us. I really mean that. I really mean that. We are committed we are committed to the Lord. We are committed to his way, to his truth, to, his, uh, to following his footstep. This is the most important thing in the world to us. And folks, I'm going to share this with you. You say, sister, I did everything I could. Amen. I'm going to believe you. 
I wrote this for you yesterday, and I'll share it with you today. Jesus taught us about a son, one who lived well and was loved much. As young people can often be, he was allured by bright lights and stories of freedom and fun. And off he went to the dream world of the large city with noise. Friends he found, but who doesn't when money abounds? Soon, very soon, his father's money were gone. And so were the friends of wine, women, and songs. <laughs> Lonely and hungry and cold with despair. Nowhere to go, he sought repair. And that he found in a pig's compound. It was there among pigs that light broke through. I was loved by my father, and his love was so true. He tried to tell me, but I listened not. For young men think they know it all. Now I dream of my home so fair. And I only long to soon be there. Father, I've sinned. Please take me back. This I will cry. And thy servant I'll be. A longing father his son does see. And the pain of waiting does soon subside. He runs with tears but well in stride. Till by his son's side he does appear. Father, forgive me. Father, I'm sorry. Please let me tell you how I feel. You're home, my son. That's all I know. You were dead and now you're alive. That I'll celebrate till I die. This is your home. It'll always be. Your choice today proves this to me. Let us rejoice in the truth of life. Your father's house will always be the place of love and godly light. Jesus knew the children tend to wander and gave us hope in this prodigal son. If we teach them the father's love, our children, like the son, will soon come home. Amen. And I thank Jesus for that. Mother, Father, that sit in this congregation today, don't feel guilt. Your children are out there doing their thing. You tried. You did your best. Guess what? God will honor that. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus.